Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And Alice, guess what? What? We are back with a normal episode of Those Happy Places that will not be interrupted with any weirdness, no asides, no trips to the office. We're just going to talk about a theme park thing and uh, hopefully come to a conclusion about it. No strangeness at all in this episode. Sure, that sounds both achievable and normal. Yeah, it's going to be an achievable, normal episode. Our whole thing this episode is themed shopping and dining experiences. Okay. What are they? Why are they? And ultimately, what do they mean? Because, like, shopping doesn't need to be themed. Dining doesn't need to be themed. These are things we do because we need to, right? Buy things and eat things. Yeah. Yes. Right. I, I must constantly buy things to eat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then I must eat those things. And I don't spend a lot of time thinking like, oh man, if only I were eating this and it were more fun. When I'm just eating because I need to. And yet, when I can eat and have fun at the same time, I am a happier person. I suppose that that idea must go back pretty far in in history. If you if you want to think of a of a archetypal image of maybe a feast at a medieval court with a with a jester, you know, entertaining or a bard entertaining the, the oh, crowd. Shoot. Let's let's hire a whole theater troupe to come in here and perform a play for me, peasants. And you know, I can't just eat. You know, I gotta have something going on. And you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, that's true. Like, I want to put on the TV or turn on a song or something when I'm eating. I don't just want to eat in silence. I rarely eat in silence, right? I usually have a podcast or or music or Netflix or something going on in the background. Um, But it doesn't have to be elaborate. And it certainly doesn't need to... I don't need to change my environment to do such a thing. Yeah. Um, I bring the entertainment to my own dining experience. Right. But what is it then about a themed dining experience? We can start with the most extreme of examples. Sure. Um, a themed dining experience such as Medieval Times. Oh, Medieval Times. One of my favorite places. A places where people... Uh, a places. <laughs> a place where uh, costumed individuals uh vie for uh, supremacy on a field of battle a, a sort of tournament of champions if you will a um <laughs> oh, what's the word I'm looking for I think the word you're looking for is a joust oh a joust just like our most recent podcast project the joust available now wherever podcasts are sold or, or uh, downloadable <laughs> <laughs> um, right so we've been doing the joust and we've been talking between us a lot about. Um, about what that would what that would mean in uh, in a historical context as well as um, what it means for us now as removed as we are from those times right those medieval times <laughs> if, if you, you will, will if you will um, and we decided to do this episode because we've been talking a lot about medieval times this is this is really the the core of the episode um, for those of you who've never been to medieval times um, that archetype that I just described of like, the jester in the middle of a big medieval feast. That's it. That's what it is. You you enter into an arena where you are served uh, a meal of usually chicken and soup 
and bread of some kind that you were expected then to eat with your hands no and not utensils with utensils. at the medieval times. As you know, the fork was not invented until 1956. <laughs> so no no forks at medieval no, times. No forks, no nothing at medieval times. You eat with your hands and in this arena, um, you witness a spectacle of um, horse tricks and falconry and... Sometimes there's falconry. Yeah. Sometimes there's a, a, a magic sort of a thing that happens. A guy comes out and he's like, ah, Some... in the medieval times I shoot fireballs. Uh, and sometimes um, it's a guy who has a, a like a whip. He does like whip tricks. Ooh, whip tricks. He lights his whip on fire the sometimes. The fire whip is a highlight. Um, and we've gone to medieval times several times over the years. Um, my little brother and we used to go a lot. It's been a long time since I've been. And it's uh, it's been approximately three and a half years since I've been to a medieval times. But uh, every time is a little different. Yeah. There's a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a loose plot running through about um, a, a knight that's been taken as like a prisoner by a rival kingdom. Or it used to be uh, all of these knights are competing for the hand of the princess. Right. They've changed it a little over the years. I remember the first time I went to medieval times, uh, they were all in love with the princess. Uh, and she like picked the one that won. Yeah. I also remember going again later and there was one that she was already in love with that she ended up with regardless of who won. Because, like, but father, I love him <laughs> at, at the end. And the king was like, ah, then it shall be so, or whatever. And and so you are seated in the arena. Uh, they give you a little crown when you walk in of the color of the night that you are supposed to uh, support and it this is, is. I think we brought this up in our in our um, in our long lost Game of Thrones theme yeah. park episode where if you were if you were given a, a knight or a house or something to root for and you said all right this is your guy you're gonna root for him uh, kind of our nature to get into the game is to go wholeheartedly go well yes I <laughs> I will live and die for the Yellow Knight <laughs> actually yes I've always loved Yellow Knight and. Uh... And this, the next time when I go, when I'm the Green Knight, I will love and die for the Green Knight. Of course I will. And it, it is the loosest tribalism, and yet just as powerful as any tribalism I've ever felt in my life. It's extremely powerful, and we all dive right into it. Which is which is weird because as the plot gets more um, kind of solidified over over years of refinement. It's been more clear that there's, like, a bad guy. They usually, yeah, they'll pick one of the knights. It's usually the green knight to be the bad knight. Or for a while there, that knight came from the region um, where the, like, prince had been had been taken as a prisoner. Oh, and he was just a bad guy. And he was a bad guy. And he, he was like, oh, I don't know anything about the prince being taken <laughs> as a prisoner. But he clearly did. And then, you know, he would never win. But a lot of it is, like, chance. Where they play a game where they're riding their horses and they're trying to collect rings on their sticks. Yeah. And they actually do compete in that... Yeah, like, they can lose. Like, can... accidentally. <laughs> like, if you miss, you will actually have fewer points. They don't try to mess with that with that score. Like, there's an actual score system sure. that is at work. It is closer to a sport than, say, professional wrestling, where like, it can really look like somebody's winning, and yet somebody else will be declared the winner, because that's how it's supposed to go. Sure, and, um, but there there is obviously, like, extremely structured stage combat that they do for the sword fighting bits and the joust parts, um, where not all of it is left up to chance. Sure. Uh, they, 
I don't know if they draw straws before uh, before the show to see who's gonna win tonight or or what. Next but- week you get to beat me up, but uh, <laughs> no, it's the first week of February. I get to beat you up. <laughs> and so, but you as the as the visitor are kind of thrown into this and and given a night to root for, and. But ultimately, it is a it is a restaurant. You're going to, it's. I mean, you're going. You eat a full dinner, a, like a, a four course meal. No, no utensiled meal. <laughs> and there's dessert, and there's coffee, and there's a full bar, full open bar, and an important thing as the years <laughs> go by. Um, and you you know that you do birthday parties there, and it's a it's a. Just a themed dining experience. Yeah, um, I think I think medieval times wouldn't be quite as appealing as just a show right. on its own. Yeah, part of the the fun of it and part of the like appeal of going and spending your evening doing this is you get to you get to eat. Yeah. You get a full meal, and they've and got options. They've got vegetarian options. They've got I mean, and you've got a waiter that that you know, will encourage you to call them wench and that will be like, ah, my lords, my ladies, like, welcome to medieval times. What can I get you? And And yeah, it's participatory. It is. It's participatory. Uh, the, the knights hand out favors and throw flowers into the crowd and, and you get to, you get to play the game, but you are there paying for like a service for dinner and a show. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the question is like, why all that? Like, all that, right? Like, we get horses and men with fire whips. And and, falcons. And falcons and a big themed arena space and close-up magic and uh, a a literal small army of waiters and chefs to feed an arena full of people. And all of this in service of, like, what? Like, what does this give us? What what unique thing is this giving us uh, as a culture, as an audience seeking entertainment that, that is so... I mean, like, Medieval Times is in, like, a dozen cities nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, a big deal. It's something that he- people like. The one here in Southern California is, like, two steps away from Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, it's, it's- in one of the most themed places in the country. And so not competing for attention from a theme park, but rather like enhancing this space. Like you could go spend your whole day at Knott's Berry Farm and go have dinner at Medieval Times. That sounds exhausting. It I'm is exhausting. Tired. I've done it. Oh, God. <laughs> it, it's exhausting because it's so much. There's a lot going on. And I wonder, I wonder if it's, if it goes further past just well, we pay to be entertained. Are you not entertained? I could pay to be entertained any number of ways. Right. I could be paid to I could pay to entertain at Knott's Berry Farm. I could pay to be entertained at the movie theater down the street from Knott's Berry Farm. Some for some reason the restaurant with nights though is a very special place. Yes. And I I wonder if it's just an economic argument. If it's like well, we can make a lot of money by mass-producing pretty cheap food. I mean, chicken's dirt cheap. Sure. And soup is dirt cheap. Yes. And we can put on a pretty good show and make some money. And that's just why it's there. Because, like, people will go, it's a pretty good show, the food's pretty good, the profit margin is good, and it's a good business. But I think it goes deeper than that. I think there's something to be said for the whole dinner and a show thing. 
that speaks to I think you're right like the medieval times is a great place to start because it speaks to that old old luxury of mm-hmm. like not just eating but being served and entertained simultaneously and being whisked away on this journey and the story and the spectacle of it all mm-hmm. um, kind of being this thing that that you can't do it all the time because again exhausting but when you can do it, it stands out and it's special. And I think that's why Medieval Times works. I agree. Would you like to talk about Medieval Times' neighbor? I would love <laughs> to talk about Medieval Times' neighbor. Are, are we okay to talk about it out here in the open? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I know we already said that we're not going to... Listen, the listeners will forgive us. I mean, they're not going to hear this part anyways. We're going to edit it all out. Sure. So we should just... Just... Step into the office, yeah. All right. Just real quick, just, real quick, just real quick. So we're in my, I don't know if we mentioned this at the top of the episode, but we're in um, my home. We're yeah. actually in the same room. In the same room, no Which less. almost never happens. Yeah. So, uh, but we're in my, my, my house, so mm. why don't you go ahead and step into my office? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't get Ready? to do this very often. Yeah. Oh. Here, here we go. Oh. Yikes. It's a little messy. There's a lot of skulls. <laughs> As the thing. <laughs> Why do some of the skulls have pirate hats on? What is this about? What's happening? I have a confession. Okay. I love the pirate show. <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. Nobody loves the pirate show. Nobody loves the pirate show. What, a pirate's dinner adventure? The pirate dinner adventure right next door to Medieval Times. In Buena Park, California. Buena Park, California. And in probably other places as well, but only... I mean, we, maybe. Only anybody ever talks about Medieval Times because it's much more fun. So, yeah. <laughs> so I theme my office around the pirate show. Okay. Um, so the, a lot. the pirate dinner adventure right next door to Medieval Times in Buena Park, California, on Beach Boulevard in Buena Park, California. Yes. Um... Opened many years after Medieval Times opened. You know, for a long time, it was a Wild West-themed stunt show. Oh. And dinner and dinner theater. That was probably neat also. <laughs> but there's one of those in Knott's Berry Farm. There's a Wild West stunt show. No, not dinner. with dinner, yeah. but in Knott's Berry Farm. Right. Like, literally across the street. Yeah. Um. So the Pirates Dinner Adventure, um, which promised all of the fun of Medieval Times, dinner and a show... Um, with all of the, or it promised the kind of tribalism we were talking about, where you get assigned like a pirate to root for and you wear his, his colors and, and all of that. And you're supposed to, um, cheer for said pirate. It was promised, promised to be just like medieval times, but pirate themed because it was the mid two thousands and pirates were extremely in at the time. I seem to remember a series of films, uh, starring a certain wacky character actor, Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, a certain large company produced, uh, kind of based loosely on the aesthetic of a theme park ride from the 1960s. Yeah, um, you're familiar. I'm familiar. So the Pirate Dinner Adventure opens and it's like, wow, like, look at uh, how it's just like Medieval Times, but it's pirates. And then also it's got an aerialist and she's my favorite. And, right, there's also many trampolines. And so many trampolines, but also it's got a, like, extremely specific plot. Honest to goodness, like, the blue pirate is the only good guy. He's He is featured on all of the, uh, all of the merch. Yeah. He's on your placemat when oh, you yeah. sit down at your seat. Um, there is no ambiguity whatsoever. There's no even illusion of chance. Your pirate 
is not going to win. No, they're going to lose hard in a scripted sequence in which Blue Pirate proves he's the best pirate. So unless you are seated in the Blue Pirate section, you're not going to get the uh, the the joy of walking out of that theater now, with a winning with a winning uh, champion. Now I'm incredibly bitter about this because I went to see the Pirates Dinner Adventure uh, near its opening mm-hmm. uh, way back in the mid 2000s when a certain pirate movie was incredibly popular, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember being told to cheer for the Green Pirate. And, like, there was an announcer, and she would turn to parts of the audience and be like, Do you not see how good your pirate has done? Cheer for the pirate! And I would be like, mm, but, but he's not gonna win. He he didn't have a conversation with the heroine at the beginning saying how he, like, needed to win for the good guys to win in triumph. Like, yeah. The blue happen. pirate was given like a name and a backstory, and, and like a whole. He gets the girl at the end. Yeah, and, and they they like go off into the the pirate lands through like a portal or something. They like I sail off a... into the sunset together, yeah. and that's like it. And then all the pirates take a bow, and they of course they're incredible actors and stunt people. Yes, they're quite good. Um, but you you walk away going, like, uh, well. <laughs> I seem to remember getting utensils, win. though, so that was a plus. Uh, Yeah, utensils are, are a nice bonus there. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really... I was ready. I was so ready to 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 just die for the pirate dinner adventure. Yeah. When you walk in, the set is incredible. It's, it's got like water huge, features. Yeah, and huge pirate ship, it, like right in the center with with a moat around it practically. Mm-hmm. And and like the actors go into the water, like like swim through. You can swim under the ship. Yeah. And like pop out in different parts of the theater and incredibly impressive. A, a wonderful spectacle. Um, but something about. Uh, medieval times and having the chance of your knight being the winner of the night um, that meant a lot that meant a lot and and it's it's like it's like when we were talking about like a lost state in, in video games and mm. all those episodes ago mm. when your when your knight or your pirate has the chance to win and the chance to lose and it and you can't and you can lose, but it, it, in this case, it's you're watching it, and there's a chance that they could lose or a chance that they could win. It makes it more thrilling and more exciting and more like worth watching. Whereas if I know my guy's gonna lose, or I know you know the outcome of the show that I'm about to watch is like a spoiler. Like I don't, then I'm I'm not as invested, and I'm not going to care as much. Right. I did still really enjoy it. Yeah. It was really fun. We can That's we why can, I themed this office after it. <laughs> we can know foregone conclusions and still become invested. Sure, but if I was promised a not foregone conclusion. <laughs> if the whole time everybody kept asking you who do you think's going to win despite the fact that on the menu the blue pirate is prominently featured and is is, is prominently featured in a picture of him like with the girl like in a winning pose <laughs> with with a medal and a trophy <laughs> on a podium being like I win every night there's a little speech bubble it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's one, yeah. It's one thing to be like, sure, I know how this is gonna end, the good guy triumphs or whatever. But to be asked to to think that you're to be asked to suspend disbelief enough to think that you, that you don't know how it's gonna go, I don't know. Yeah, it really kind of spoiled it. 
I think I think there's something to be said for being taken out of things um, and being taken out blatantly. And maybe it's because at that point in our lives, we were in the mid 2000s and entering the age where we were we could see through those things. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we were way younger, we'd be like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, that blue guy sounds like whatever is pretty important to him. But I'm in orange guy's camp. And uh, <laughs> if we got to end this guy's career so that my guy can win, we're going to end his career. <laughs> but, you know, that was something that we were we were banking on when we were making the Joust podcast was like, you know, people are going to pick a favorite. And absolutely. We don't know how the Joust ends. No. Even um, as of recording, we regardless of, I don't know when this episode's gonna no. come out, but as of recording, we don't know how the story ends. We don't even know how the next match ends past the point we've recorded. So, like, um, we don't know how it's gonna end, so we've picked favorites, and mm-hmm. their ups and their downs, despite being completely fictional, and darn near random, because we're just drawing cards to see what happens to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that connects with us. I think. I think randomness... The chance to win, the chance to lose are important parts of telling certain kinds of stories. Yes. And I think that, like, sports scratch that itch for a lot of people. But if you can't do sports, I think made-up stories about knights maybe winning or losing might just be what you need to scratch that itch. So that's where I am with it. Yeah, I agree. Good. Can we leave now? The skulls are scary. Sure, yeah, we can go back okay, out well, into the into let's the Let's go back room. into the room where we have the I will microphone. Not, I will not apologize for the skulls. what I've created there. Right. It's my art. Um, so getting back to it. Uh, back to it. We are talking about themed dining and shopping experiences. This is not the Medieval Times episode. I wish. Though Medieval Times is the like gold standard of this idea. Right, an area that is specifically themed... So that your dining experience is enhanced. Sure. I would say that there's, like, lots and lots of, like, zones along this spectrum. I'm thinking about, like, really well-themed tiki bars. We were just oh, talking about one I, of those. I um, love it. There's a, It's called Undertow in it, Phoenix. Yeah. A really great tiki bar. You actually go... It's in a. It's in the basement of a regular bar. <laughs> and you go downstairs into Undertow and it's its own thing. Right. And there's portholes in it. Trader, anybody knows Trader Sam's at... Um, at Disneyland. Yeah. Well, no. I definitely put Trader Sam somewhere on the line of, like, this is a themed bar, right? Yes. Like, primarily, it serves alcohol. Secondarily, it is a neat place to hang out because of all the cool stuff in there that is all <laughs> on one theme. Sure. I would say that a Chili's is pos- probably the least themed place in the world because everything Absolutely. in it is random junk. <laughs> and there's no aesthetic. There's a regular restaurant with no theme whatsoever except this is a restaurant. That's that end of the spectrum. Right. Medieval Times is on this end of the spectrum. Right. And somewhere along the middle is the Rainforest Cafe. A wild... Sh- <laughs> Hang on, let me try and get nail... A clean, get a clean take on that. Nail the, the tagline here. A wild place to shop and eat. A wild shop to place and eat. <laughs> a p- wild eat to, po- <laughs> to shop, shop and place. Uh, um, yes. the, the 90s embodied in a singular restaurant experience. Yes. The Rainforest Cafe, if you're not familiar with that concept, um, is a restaurant that is extremely jungle themed. So jungle themed so as to contain an entire jungle within mm-hmm. its walls. It's uh, the the walls of the ceiling, uh, the floor, every inch of it is colored and shaped to look 
like a like a like a rainforest. There are animatronic animals scattered throughout the room. There's a um, a fish tank that's filled with uh, exotic fish. <laughs> Tropical in nature. Uh, there are waterfalls. There are animatronic ele- elements. The animatronic <laughs> elephants are Thank usually you. like a really big feature of the room, uh, taking up. You know, they're, they're like to scale these elephants, taking up a big like back wall, usually. Yeah. Um, and every twenty to thirty minutes or so, the lights flicker. You know, Alice, I'm looking at the stats here, and it looks like it's actually every fifteen minutes. Every fifteen minutes or so. <laughs> um, yeah, the the thunder rolls and the lights flicker, and you hear the the sounds of the of the birds squawking and fear. Because of course, and... it's a rainforest, so it's got to rain every mm-hmm. fifteen minutes. And or if you so. sit, if you're sitting at the bar or near the bar, it's usually right around there. They they do have a section of the. Um, of the restaurant where rain does fall from the ceiling. Oh, quote not unquote on, rain. Not on you, but on there's like a like a like, like a, a planter. Drain planter thing. Yeah. yeah, and the rain will will fall on to the plants and it's all very aesthetic and oh, yes. um, and it's even the tablecloths quite... are leaves and birds. <laughs> if you've got a tablecloth on <laughs> That's yours. True. Sometimes it's just Sometimes it's just an elephant's Feet that you are sitting on. Yeah, the bar, at the, the bar. At the bar, the bar stools are usually shaped to look like you're sitting on an animal. Of like some you, kind. like your butt is an animal's butt. Is the <laughs> With thing. a tail and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it's all very, it's all very aesthetic. Uh, the menu, all of the things on the menu have fun names, and uh, their signature dessert is a volcano. It's like big brownies with ice cream and chocolate sauce and they light a sparkler on top. It's and very festive. It's very festive. And just an inadvisable amount of chocolate cake um, Truly. That, they, that they bring to you. I would say of the Rainforest Cafe that everything about it is inadvisable, actually. <laughs> it's really intense, but I remember as a little kid like going to the Rainforest Cafe or like going to somebody's birthday party held at the Rainforest Cafe. That was... That was amazing. Yeah, I remember it was an expensive restaurant. Yeah, it's not cheap and I think I think it gets away with that because it's themed. themed. Um and I remember having at least one birthday party there for my own birthday. And it, it was a very special treat and like I just I don't remember anything in particular about it except I can very distinctly remember how a rainforest cafe sounds and how it smells. Absolutely. Like it has a very unique I, I don't, maybe it's because of what they cook there, or maybe it's because of all the plants. They quote unquote a lot plants. Of, a lot of plants. Not just not just like fake plants. They have a lot of living plants yeah. in there, and it's um, yeah. It has it invokes a very specific sense memory. If you've ever been to a rainforest cafe, yeah. you, you remember what that's like. And there used to be one at Downtown Disney in it, Anaheim, California. Uh huh. There was. Uh, and it was huge and had it, multiple stories. It had two or three stories of restaurant. It was always packed. You and could, it's inside a Mayan temple of some kind. Yeah. Which, and it's not 
there anymore. There's no more Rainforest Cafe, but the Mayan temple still stands. Which is which is rather ominous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Rainforest Cafe was always packed, uh, or at least we remember it being packed, but it must have closed for a reason. I think they were going to put the Star Wars Hotel there, actually, and then plans fell through. It was a politics thing. Strange. I, yeah. So anyways, it was there forever, and again, another like ancillary themed place, right? Like, Attached to a larger theme park, uh, they're highly themed, a little pricey because of its themedness, and yet, like, highly memorable. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Rainforest Cafe is that it's got a huge souvenir and gift shop. Oh my gosh. Which we never really talked about for Medieval Times, but that's a whole thing, too. Well, sure, the Medieval Times gift shop, I mean, if we're going to compare a Medieval Times gift shop to a Rainforest Cafe gift shop, it's no contest. The Rainforest Cafe has a much bigger gift shop. Which is crazy, because Medieval Times has, like, reasons to have a keepsake from it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to, like, want to remember how fun it was to see the Green Knight try to win, or whatever. Or, like, you're just going to want a sword because, like, you just saw some knights fight and you want to do that. Yeah, so you're sure. going to buy a sword. So they have, at the Medieval Times gift shop, they've got wooden swords and wooden shields. They've got a whole display of those, like, pewter dragons. Oh, sure. Or, or fairies yeah. that are, like, holding a crystal or Ooh, something. Yes, you know? very good. You know, you yeah, know exactly that, that what I'm talking work. about. Yes. Um, they've got goblets and stuff. They've even got, at some, at least the Medieval Times in Anna, in, uh, Bu- sorry. Yeah, it's in It's in Buena, Buena Park, Park, California. In Buena Park, California, has, like, a mini shop within the shop that sells, like, actual swords. They have, like, replicas of, like, the swords from the Legend of Zelda games sure. and and, and Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and stuff. They've got like replica swords, but they're like swords and yeah. you have to be 18 to buy them and it's like a whole thing. Um, but that gift shop is relatively like small yeah. compared to how many people they can fit in there and how many... And all of it feels like exit through the gift shop. Like, now sure. that you've had this fun thing, like, buy a thing to commemorate it. Sure. It, it feels very uh, logical. There's a, a couple of t-shirts, like, like three designs. Yeah. That come in to, you know, like, ter- like unisex and baby doll cut. You know, it's yeah. like nothing, nothing fancy. I would say fully one third of a Rainforest Cafe is, is gift, gift shop. shop. Absolutely. At a minimum. No, I, com- yes, I completely agree. And it, it goes, it extends from the front entrance all the way to the back exit, which is a fire exit. <laughs> uh, and like, exit it's through the gift shop. <laughs> just as themed as the restaurant. There's mm-hmm. animatronic animals. There's a talking tree. Oh, yeah. There's various and sundry rainforest themed toys, games, souvenirs, replica animals, stuffed animals. Like oh, just a mountain of stuffed animals. Not to mention, like a king's ransom in themed coffee cups. Like oh my gosh! I myself am the proud owner of no less than four Rainforest Cafe mugs because they're big. And they're, they're really good for cocoa. And sometimes they're shaped like that super cute tree frog that's their mascot. Yes. It is so cute. Right? Um, and I, I I myself have somewhere in this house I have um I have a little stuffed animal of that little of that little tree frog. Yeah. Who I think has a name, but also I don't know. But who can who can keep it. these they, things? They like tried to establish lore of certain was animals. Was there lore? And, yeah, there was absolutely lore. Uh, well or, there was like a vague personality. They for have each personalities one. for the little tree frog and the little elephant, the little I don't know, I'm pretty sure there was a giraffe even though it's a rainforest. Right. <laughs> you know? Like they had th- these 
these little characters that had names and like personalities and like they would appear on merch together and and it was it was something that since of the rainforest cafe that i always knew and was experienced or exposed to in general was the one on downtown disney i think i thought that it was a them trying to not compete with Disney, but kind of um, be, be, be like, like Disney. Disney. Yeah. It wasn't until I went to a different rainforest cafe that, like, in some mall somewhere, that I realized that that's just how how they are. Yeah. It's a, it is a giant shop and also a restaurant. Right, a wild place to shop and eat, and <laughs> you can you can shop there. And you can eat there. In fact, you might shop there for so long you'll need to eat there. <laughs> and, and so my question is, does the Rainforest Cafe earn its gift shop? Ooh. Like, when you leave the Rainforest Cafe, are you like, let's commemorate this with a mug? Or like, <laughs> or is it like, is it just, it's an appealing design and you like it, so you buy it? Or is it somewhere in the middle, like... It's because there's a gift shop that it is earned. It's just earned by existing. I don't know. I don't know. And I was suddenly struck just now with trying to compare it to um, another, um, like, restaurant that's half gift shop, um, like uh, Cracker Barrel. Oh, Cracker Barrel is half gift shop. And it's rather strongly themed, I would Mm -hmm. say. Yeah, it's a strongly themed restaurant with a giant gift shop attached to it. Um, that doesn't necessarily sell Cracker Barrel themed merchandise, but rather sells pretty much anything um, vaguely country or kind know, of old kitschy, westy, yeah, um, like curios or whatever. Lots of candy and Cracker Barrel, I think, is meant to be like a you're driving through the American South and you pull off the highway to a Cracker Barrel, and then there's this. You can eat a good hearty breakfast, and there's also a gift shop where you can stock up on, you know, the candy that you need or a a gift for someone. If you're driving to visit somebody for the holidays, you can grab a Christmas-themed, like, snow globe or sweater or something for that person. Yeah. And they change it seasonally for all the big holidays and stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm connecting those two ideas in my head. The idea of a, of a rainforest cafe that is, let's go to this place. It's like a it's supposed to be like a destination dining. It's not sure. just like a, what do we do for dinner tonight? Well, I guess rainforest cafe. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I could. I mean, if there was one across the street, we, sure, we've maybe. <laughs> got to, we've got to come back to that idea because I think that's an interesting question. Like, could you ever see yourself doing that? I I don't. You've you've got a plan to go know. to the Rainforest Cafe. You do. You plan to go. You make a thing of it. You've it's got a, a birthday like, party. It's or a whole a gosh darn safari. You you've got uh you know relatives with small children from out of town, and you've got to entertain them. You've got to have a way. reservation of some kind. You know, <laughs> like you can't just go to the Rainforest Cafe casually. Well, you can now because they are empty. <laughs> okay, they're also gone in many places. Sure. So. I saw one the other day, though. Where was I? I was at a mall in Arizona, mm. I think. I was at Arizona Mills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's still there. And it's still there, but it was empty. Mm. There was no one there. I could have just walked up and been like, hello, one for the Rainforest Cafe, please. <laughs> um, but I won't do it. But you know where I might do that? I might go to Cracker Barrel. That's the thing. 
And it's a more accessible, and not just because I think there's more of them and it's also cheaper, uh. but also... Well, no, I guess it's the, both of those things. If there's there are, more of them, they're cheaper. Them, they're cheaper. The they're food easier might to be better, get too. To. Food might be better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sure, I'll, while I'm waiting for a table, peruse the gift shop for but a little bit. The thing about a Cracker Barrel is that it's not exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Because the theming is, yeah, it's a. It, where's the line, buddy? <laughs> is Cracker Barrel a themed restaurant? Is the the Rainforest Cafe is a themed restaurant. Right, that's true. Is the Cracker Barrel a themed restaurant? That's what I would let like me, to let know. Let me ask you a question to follow up to that question. Sure. Uh, have you ever been to a themed McDonald's? <gasps> Maybe? I'm thinking of one specific McDonald's in Buena Park, California. <laughs> <laughs> to drag us back into that city. Uh, there's a McDonald's right next to Knott's Berry Farm that... Growing up, I always it, remembered was the train McDonald's. It's the train McDonald's. Yeah. I totally remember. Yeah. I absolutely remember that. I don't know if it's still there, but they had a huge train set that, you know, partially coincided with the whole Western theme of Knott's mm -hmm. Berry Farm. I went to a McDonald's once that had, like, at, like four or five different, like, video games yes. set up in the McDonald's. And that was, like, the video game McDonald's. Right. Which is weird because they're all just McDonald's. Serves the same food. But, like, Rainforest Cafe serves the same food as, like, an Applebee's Plus. <laughs> so, like... It's, like, a little fancier than an Applebee's. Right, Applebee's Plus. It's the new restaurant from <laughs> oh, Applebee's. Oh, okay. <laughs> only, only very highfalutin folks like myself know about Applebee's Plus. Sure, okay. It's kind of like a Chili's 2. <laughs> you know, Chili's 2, Chili's Harder. Um... Anyways, where was I? Ah, yes, themed McDonald's. McDonald's. So, the 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 idea of adding a theme to a restaurant and then that place becoming special or unique is not out of the question, right? Like, is an Italian restaurant that happens to have like red and white checkered tablecloths and wine bottle candle holders like a themed restaurant? If they play only Frank Sinatra music, does that help the case? <laughs> I mean, like. Actually, a little, right? A little, yeah. So, you, like, commit to the... But the theme is the country of Italy? Well, not even that, right? Because it's, like, the idea of an Italian restaurant the is theme, the theme. Right, the theme isn't, oh, we are now in Italy. The theme is, we are now eating in what you know to be an Italian <laughs> the restaurant. The signifiers of Italy, yes. Including Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Famed only an Italian. Not an American at all. <laughs> So, the the question is tough because the line is blurry. Mm -hmm. I think medieval times in Rainforest Cafe fill the spaces on a line where a Cracker Barrel might be a little farther down the line away from a medieval times, right? Like, sure, it, it's definitely a more generic theme. It's not as hard of a commit. It's also not as overwhelming. As a rainforest cafe, which is all rainforest all the time, exit through the gift shop. Uh, a Cracker Barrel is a down-home country restaurant that also happens to sell things. So it's not as strong of a theme. The, the power level of the theme is lower. <laughs> the power level of the theme is lower. But, but what if you were like... What if you were coming from not America? Okay. And you land in America, and you uh, rent a car, and you uh -huh. start driving down the highway, and you go, ah, yes, I need to 
eat, um, there's a restaurant, a Cracker Barrel, and you roll on in. Does that theming, is that, does that become, not overwhelming necessarily, because I think it, it does strive for a fairly mellow atmosphere in mm. general. Yeah. The music isn't super loud. It's, you know, and it serves, you know, normal food. No, no fancy names or anything. It's like bacon and eggs. Sure. Um, but do do you? Uh, I think not... you mean uh, safari bacon and uh, <laughs> wild eggs. Sure, like the Rainforest Cafe would absolutely. If they serve breakfast, call me Rainforest Cafe. I have plans for you. <laughs> um, but like, if that wasn't something that was like, like, like a normal everyday occurrence for you, would that make it more themed? Does the idea does the Rainforest Cafe in the medieval times as being cultures or? Um, or activities that are so far removed from our daily life. Ooh. Is that what makes it more more of a themed restaurant than a Cracker Barrel? See, now we're getting somewhere because now, now we can draw on our actual experiences. You and I have traveled out of the country. Yes. Uh, I remember going to Japan and thinking like, wow, how Japanese is this place? <laughs> when really it was just like, like, uh, just a restaurant. A right? restaurant, right? Uh, but <laughs> sure. like, I did the same thing in, in. I was in France. I was in Strasbourg, yeah. which is uh, it's Alsace Lorraine. It is the dead center between France and Germany. Okay. It like is you can like jump the line and sure. be in France or Germany, right? Yeah. And I remember walking into that little city and going to eat somewhere and being like, oh my god, it's like a fairy tale vomited all over this this town. This restaurant is so cute. It's like I'm in the set of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yes. But it's just a restaurant. Yeah. It was just a place. Yeah, same same with uh, any place in Italy. You're like, wow. How Italian. How Italian. We uh, went to Italy together. That's true. And you're like, wow, the Colosseum. This is Italy. But also, you're just like in a normal chain this is pizza like restaurant. This a place where people <laughs> live. This like, is like where that's... they commute to. Like, it's not a big deal, right? Right. So, like... I think sometimes we lean into our theming, but I think also sometimes our theming is invisible. Like, America is American-themed. That's <laughs> true of us. And yet, we don't notice that constantly. We're not always like, wow, right hand over my heart, salute the flag America right now. Like, when you drive into a diner. Like, and yet... <laughs> I mean, I we don't, but... <laughs> when you drive must. into a diner or a dive... Uh, <laughs> Or a drive-thru. Well, <laughs> you know, come on. We are not all so strong. Um, we're not like, wow, this is American as heck right now. Like, that's not necessarily what people find themselves thinking. And so, is it themed? Is a question for the audience, maybe. Like, it's, sure. a, it's a question for whoever is there. Do you feel like it's a themed place? Does uh, going to a, um, a Bob's Big Boy, an American-themed experience... Is, is an In-N-Out Burger an American-themed restaurant? You know what? That does make me stand up and salute and sing our national anthem, which is City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, now comes to the barest of minimum of themings. Sure. Our third category on the list, which I'm here reading, uh, says, uh, you know, shopping with a twist. Shopping with a twist. I would like to present to you the curious case of Fry's Electronic Stores. Now, I've never been to a Fry's Electronic Store. You've never I've, been to a Fry's Electronic Stores? But I've, I've heard... <laughs> shush. <laughs> I've heard quite a lot about them. The Fry's Electronic Stores is 
stores is. Yes. Uh, so Fry's is a chain of electronic stores. Uh, think of them as a Best Buy without all of the sleekness of a Best Buy. So any anytime you've looked at a Best Buy, and I know this is rare, but anytime you've looked at a Best Buy and said, ha, how, how elegant. <laughs> what a nice and understandable presentation of the products that uh, puts them where I know they will be and understand them. Uh, remove all of that. Okay. Instead, replace all of that with themed elements. Uh, for example, there is a Fry's Electronics that I remember going to that uh, was a castle. Literally, on the outside, castle ramparts. Where is this? On the inside, oh, I believe this is somewhere near Irvine, California. Okay. Yeah. I have to find it. <laughs> I don't know if it's still there. So, I remember on the outside, castle ramparts, flags. I remember on the inside, everything had, you know, like, that painted on cobblestone look? <laughs> yeah. Everything was that. There was a balcony with a mannequin princess waving off of it. <laughs> there was a dragon somewhere. I don't remember how big or detailed, but I do remember that. There was a knight in shining armor atop a steed on top of a DVD shelf. Like... Wow. Now... These themed elements had no interactive component. They simply existed in the store. They were just there. And yet, I would nine times out of ten love going to a Fry's Electronics over a Best Buy. Because it's, I don't know. Cute? Fun? <laughs> it's weird. It, there's this old joke from Family Guy, a show I no longer care for, but uh, it's a timeless line where Peter goes to take a sip of something and then he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Lois, this is not my Batman glass. <laughs> I, I actually remember that. And you know what? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This is not Fry's Electronics. Is well, it this just... is, there is no, there is no dragon here. This is a, where's the night? I'm just at a Best Buy right now, are you kidding me? Is it just that we as human beings really love our Batman glasses? Is that, I feel like, is it, that the thesis of this episode? I feel like it might be, and it, it, it's, it's, it's my Rainforest Cafe mug. It's that sword I bought at Medieval Times. It's that, like, it's life plus. That's what theming is, right? Is Life Plus anything like Applebee's Plus? Or? It's a bit like Applebee's <laughs> Plus. Uh, it's it's like any theming is is that cool thing, but you get to live it. You get to live in it. Mm -hmm. So there's Fry's Electronics that are Wild West theme. There are Fry's Electronics that are uh, a spaceship crashed here, and that's the theme. And I think that would be my favorite. It's a pretty good one. I think I would like to buy electronics, but pretend they were like alien tech. Right. That's I, fun. I would like that. That's like fun. Like, I don't know. It's not like the employees of the Fry's Electronics were like, ah, yes, traveler, welcome <laughs> to my mystical wizard tower where you can have an HDMI cable that is three times faster than other HDMI cables. Like, nobody was, they were just like, hi, welcome to Fry's. Aww. And yet, <laughs> still best, better than Best Buy. Like, I don't know. I feel constantly a sense of disappointment that more things are not better themed. 
And I like I like nice normal areas. Like I like a bar that is just themed as a bar. Oh, but a bar themed bar though? Yeah. Like a like a we are here in California and we go to like an English pub. Ooh. That is a bar themed bar, That's right? That's a bar themed bar and yet with a flavor, right? Yeah. Like it's just it's just that extra spice that you can add to an experience that makes it just more interesting. Sure. I would always prefer to go to an Italian restaurant with the checkered tablecloth and the wine bottle candle holder. Sure. Over a blank white room with no Sinatra playing and fluorescent lighting, and they're like, here's your pizza. Even if it was the exact same pizza, I know where it's going to taste better. It's going to taste better where it's where you're hearing the Frank Sinatra yes. playing over the 1990s boombox in exactly, the corner. Exactly, right? Like, it, every <laughs> time. Like, it, a little bit of theming. Communicating to me visually and spatially what it is I should be thinking or feeling mm -hmm. can enhance an experience wildly. And I think that's what the thesis of the episode actually is. It's, you know, when you theme it, it gets better. Theme it to make it more good is is the thesis here. And even even if it's subpar food served in a fake rainforest, the fake rainforest made it worth it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. At least, well, when we were kids, it did. But I, I think even now... Maybe it would. Maybe it would. I, we might have to call and see if there are any alive rainforest cafes in a 50-mile radius. But, you know, if we tried it, I bet we would find something about it to appreciate it. I think so. I think that's kind of part of what makes places like Las Vegas as uh, attractive as they are. Maybe Las Vegas is, like, grown-up rainforest cafe. <laughs> but, I mean, like the... Call I, us Nevada. We have a great new slogan. Nevada. Nevada Forget listen. what happens in Vegas. It's this is a grown-up rainforest cafe. But but I mean, if you walk down the street, there's already a bar in the rainforest cafe. You can just put rainforest put slot cafe. machines in a rainforest cafe. It would be fine, actually. Actually, you could just open that on a the rainforest strip if casino not one already. Rainforest cafe. Call me. Rainforest casino. Rainforest casino. <laughs> we could we could if you build it, they will come. That's true. And but like. The, you walk down the Vegas Strip and yeah. you've got the Luxor, yeah. which is Egyptian. Egyptian. Themed. You've got uh, Excalibur. Which Shoot, is, that's just medieval times. It's just medieval times. You've got New York, New York. Yep. You've got Paris. Yep. You've got. Um, there are more. Um, <laughs> um, there are even places that are just themed to like luxurious, like yes. like the MGM Grand or I was gonna say the, the Cosmopolitan. Right, those places are just like luxury. Lots the MGM of neon. Grand, I don't know if it still still is, but is it, it was still movie themed, huh? It was like movie themed. Yeah. I, I think they, they lost a lot a wax, of rights to that. There was a wax museum in MGM Grand when I was a kid. It's not an actual movie studio anymore. Um, they are just hoteliers now. <laughs> but. Like you can you can go to Las Vegas and and there are even now uh, hotels or spaces on the strip that are Las Vegas themed. Right. Where you walk in there and they've leaned really hard into all the stereotypes of what Las Vegas should it's just be. Just red and white checkered tablecloths <laughs> and Frank Sinatra playing over every. Well, Frank speaker. Sinatra though, no legit. I know that no was the legit. joke. <laughs> No, for real, that the Frank Sinatra or like the, the rat pack like yeah. ideal of old Vegas yeah. is now a theme. But yeah. it used to be just how things were, right? Right. And I think that 
I, I think there's an entire episode about Las Vegas. Oh, sure. Uh, of entire Those Happy Places episode, really just about New York, New York, <laughs> which is wildly themed. And, it, and one of the most interesting themed spaces in the country, as far as I'm concerned. Vegas in general, uh, or no, New, New York, York, New York, York specific. Yeah, I like a New York agree. street re- reproduced inside a Vegas casino. It with a make any yeah, with a roller sense. coaster and everything. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love it. It really is. It's really something. The Venetian. That's the other one oh, I was yeah. thinking of. Or the Treasure Bellagio. Island. The Treasure Caesar's Island. Palace. Caesar's Palace. Which is like a Roman street reproduced inside of a Vegas casino. Oh my gosh! Not to mention that beautiful pool with right? all of the the columns and everything. It's it, nowhere is. Like a Led Zeppelin album cover. And of course there's an episode of Those Happy Places specifically dedicated to Las Vegas and what Las Vegas has to say about itself. Yes. But to to bring it right back around to medieval times or... Las Vegas, a wild place to shop and eat. (laughs) Wild place to shop and eat. It's... I mean, that's, that's what it is. So you get like a little microcosm of that in your... Arizona Mills Mall sure. with the Rainforest Cafe. And maybe it's yeah. just because, yeah, we've got this space that's more themed and weirder than all the places around it. And yeah, I would like to buy a mug from this place to commemorate that time that I had a nice meal with my family. Yeah. And and we didn't go to Vegas to get it, you know? Alice, I, I just had an idea. I, I'm such a dummy. I didn't even think... Of- I mean, this is in the slogan of the podcast, but, like, here it is. They are attractions. Oh, yeah. That's the point, right? It's supposed (laughs) to to get you to walk over and be like, what's up with that? Oh, cool, a wild place to shop and eat. I could shop and eat here. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's just an attraction. It's What it's about is getting you in, I guess, right? And Mm -hmm. then you can shop and eat, and I... Oh, my gosh. Did we just do a capitalism... Oh, we oh no, we invented gonna... capitalism. Oh no, we just invented capitalism. Oh no, ah oh, jeez. Ah oh, jeez, we gotta go. Oh man, well. It's time to wrap up. You know what, Alice, it looks like our conversation about themed places to shop and eat has come to an end, but, you know, the conversation does continue online. Oh, my favorite place in the universe. Online, online. yeah. Uh, we, of course, are on Twitter, at HappyPlacesPod, and you can find us individually on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at AliceWhite, T. HP and he Oh, uh, me? Yeah, uh, you. I'm okay. at buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. We do this other show called The Joust. You can find that at The Joust Pod. <laughs> we do this other other show. Alice, does everybody listening to Those Happy Places know about this? I don't know if they know about this. I we should like tell them. I haven't mentioned it in, um, in maybe more than a year, um, but the um, old fan favorite podcast, Rogue Fun, a podcast story, the podcast that I host that is just all about Rogue One, a Star Wars story, um, it is coming back after a long hiatus. Uh, I am reviving the podcast, and I've enlisted the help of my best friend here, Buddy. What? To, yep, you. Who? Um, to help me bring it back. So. Um, oh, I've never seen Rogue One. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> Let me try uh, again. Uh, I don't like Rogue One. <laughs> Buddy uh, claims to uh, to not like Rogue One as much as I do. and That's not true. I love Rogue he, One. He loves it now. <laughs> but if you would like to, to, um, to learn... What it is to to love Rogue One, uh, to break it down scene by scene and understand what is so special about that movie, um, are uh, the episodes from last year are all still live. You can go listen to them and catch up on 
the on the show before we bring it back. Uh, but sometime in March, I will be starting to release again monthly episodes of Rogue Fun, a podcast story. You can follow us on Twitter at Rogue Fun Pod. And um, if you want to talk about those happy places, the joust, Rogue Fun, a podcast story, and Buddy's other show, Giving the Gift of Murder. That's a show about planning the world's most elaborate murder mystery party. Yes, and it's excellent. (laughs) Um, You can follow all of those podcasts on Twitter. um, And if you want to, we have a Discord server where we talk about them in more than 280 characters or whatever Twitter allows. Um, You can send us an email at thosehappyplaces at gmail.com and we'll send you a link to that. Even if you don't know what Discord is, you might love it. Yeah, Discord is a lot of fun. So I hope to see everybody who's listening to this there. You know, Alice, I think I'm going to add some music to this episode. And where would you have gotten that music? Well, of course, I get all of my music from Kevin McLeod. He has a website, incompetech.com, where he puts all of his music up under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license, which means if I say the words, thank you very much, Kevin McLeod, for the music, I get to use the music. Oh, well, what a nice guy, that Kevin McLeod. Go uh, listen to, to Kevin's music. He's a delight. And if you're listening right now, you should be hearing mm. the ramp up of that beautiful tune. Oh, there it is. Oh, what a gorgeous tune. It's Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Alvin. It is by those guys featuring that guy. Uh, You can find all of their music at CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. Thank you very much for the use of this theme music. And uh, I think that might be it. I think so. Alice, thank you very much for doing this podcast with me. Thank you very much for doing this podcast with me and for for being entertaining. Uh, And to everyone out there, uh, thank you for listening, and may your lance always strike true. Wait a minute, that's our other show. Oh, thank you for listening, and we hope you return to the Force. Nope, Hmm? that's, again, that's the other other show. Thank you for listening, and we hope you return to those happy places.